Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Before I introduce our guest, I want to invite you to an amazing event I'm honored to be a part of. It's the Meet and Marry Mr. Right online course. Join myself along with other top love mentors, including Ariel Ford, Marnie Batista, Ken Page, Dr. Diana Kirshner, Orna and Matthew Walters, Cherry Norris, Johnny and Laura Fernandez, and many more September 19th through October 5th as we walk you through the exact blueprints and success shortcuts that have resulted in thousands of happy marriages around the world. To get free access to this event, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and click on the Meet and Marry Mr. Right banner at the top of the page. We've compressed over a hundred years of expertise, strategies, and wisdom into mere hours so you can get on the fast track to your Mr. Right. Don't miss out on this life-changing event. Save your seat today. I'm excited to bring you today's featured guest, Devin Kearns. Devin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And for anybody out there who maybe maybe you're new to Devin's work, let me give you a little background because many people refer to Devin as the rock star of dating. Now, Devin has made it his mission to empower 1 million single professionals by the end of 2016 and help them cut through the, the usual pitfalls of dating and find that crazy and passionate love that they've always dreamed of. Now, with more than 10 years of coaching, a thousand single professionals around the country on relationships, emotional intelligence, lifestyle management, Devin's devoted himself to helping men and women master the art of knowing themselves well enough to get what they really want out of dating, relationships, business, and love. Devin, take a minute and, and fill in any blanks there may be in that intro and, and give us a little glimpse into your personal life if you don't mind. <laughs> well, I'll try not to uh, get too personal for you, but um, I'll give you a little taste of the, the journey and, and maybe how I ended up um, in the dating space Perfect. and why I'm so passionate about it. I, I always tell people uh, when they ask you know, how, how did you end up in dating? It doesn't seem like that is a space for you because you always talk about businesses and ideas and all this other stuff. And it was actually my business background that led me to, the, to, to this particular uh, space of dating, space of relationships, space of understanding what's really happening out there and more so the curiosity of what's happening out there. And it comes from Working with and traveling around the country from Florida to Alaska and everywhere in between, I had a huge sales force uh, um, all over the nation. And the vast majority of those folks were married, and many of them were men, uh, excuse me, were women. And what was so interesting to me was every time I flew out to work with them on leadership development or sales skills or whatever it may be in business because they were accelerating and kicking butt 
in business, inevitably there would all of a sudden be a flat line or a decline in their production. And when I'd fly out to talk to him about more business and how can we better be better at uh, uh, the, the you know, world of business and or sales, it was never about that. It was about the relationships and the um, failing relationship, nonetheless, or real struggles. And I found some common denominators. And a part of the reason why I chose dating is because of these common denominators. And that was most people who ignored the little red flags in the beginning of their dating process, usually within the first week to six weeks of dating, it was in those moments of ignoring little red flags that were not anything. When we think of red flags, we think of, you know, abuse or alcoholism or, you know, some real character flaws, narcissism, whatever it may be. And it was never those things that were causing the frustration as to why they were staring at divorce 10, 15 years later down the road. It was really more about um, the idea that they had small little personality conflicts and they were hoping that those personality conflicts would change. And it was within those first weeks to six, first week to six weeks of dating and ignoring those little red flags that five, 10 years, 15 later, 15 years later. Wow. I'm, I'm struggling talking today. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> you need that coffee. <laughs> I do need that coffee. Uh, 15 years later, those little red flags were then all of a sudden really big red flags. And, I think a lot of my content is highly valuable for people that would be in relationships. However, I found a true calling and passion to work with people in the dating experience to really choose the right partner so that 5, 10, 15 years later down the road, they're not in the right relation or they're not in the wrong relationship. They're in the right relationship that is truly a space where they've created a loving partnership. And so I'm really passionate about it. My business background tends to bring a lot of new um, perspectives to the world of relationships as well as my passion for just understanding people. And with over 1,500 conversations with singles and probably another 12 to 1,500 conversations with married couples over several, several years, I've got a lot of data and I just look at things differently. It's the way my brain works. I love finding the deeper solutions, the deeper problems and addressing those and today, here we are, where I've found a lot of quality solutions for people. Fantastic. So I've got to ask you, Devin, because you, your, your intro talked about you being looked at as the rock star of dating. What is that? Where'd that come from? <laughs> um, you know, I think anybody that knows me knows that I've secretly wanted to be a rock star all my life. Ah. The problem is I don't have the skill set to get up on stage and <laughs> sing so you know I, I think it just started coming about when when I when I started telling people uh, several years ago that I was going to get into the dating space it, it made sense in their mind they said that totally makes sense that seems like the great and perfect space for you and ultimately what caught on was we know you always want to be a rock star go out and be the rock star of dating and love and I went done nice very cool <laughs> thank you well, let me ask you something, because one of the things that I found personally, and I know our, our guests have said this as well, is that they have kind of a, 
a guiding principle. Sometimes it's a quote, sometimes it's a mantra, sometimes it's, you know, a joke, but it's it's something that they can come back to when they get off in the weeds regarding their relationships and their partnerships. And I'm wondering what what's the, the guiding principle for you and, and how could our listeners apply it? Well, that's, uh, I, I would say the main one that I always go back to, and I don't think it's unique to any particular space, meaning this would be applicable in business. This would be applicable in growth for anything that you want to accomplish. And I would say what I've discovered is it's extremely applicable to the dating and relationship space, but it is probably the least focused on regarding dating and relationships because we believe that that is just going to happen. I'm going to bump into that special someone at Starbucks and I don't necessarily need to be prepared. And so that mantra would be know thyself. Um, The key reason behind knowing thyself is in a world where so many people are frustrated in dating, we have quality communication, excuse me, we have quantitative communication and relationships, but not quality communication. We lack knowing of self in terms of relationship. We do a lot of work on self in business, self in life, self in friendships. But when it comes to truly understanding my personality and what my personality needs in a partner in order to create a conducive and loving environment with that partner, knowing thyself is probably single-handedly the most important thing you could ever do. So know who you are and know what you need in a partner. Yeah, that's that's a great touchstone. I, I love that. Thank you. Well, one of the things that our, our listeners have told us they love about the show is the stories that our guests are, are so generous in sharing. And, and what I'd love to do right now, Devin, is, is actually dive into a time in your life when, well, let's start here. Let's start in a place where you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and tell us that story. You know, what were you doing? How'd you trip up or what'd you trip on? And then what did you learn from that that you could move forward with? <laughs> how many how many hours do we have? Now let's just pick one and we'll see how far we get. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'd say collectively one of the mistakes that I have made and, and particularly in my early 20s and I noticed in my early 30s, I would con- continue to do it. And I think it is a major part of how men work in particular and how I... Um, would apply myself when I found somebody that I got really excited about. Men are all in at all times when it comes to something that we get passionate about. There's no like half-assed, right? When we really come across something that we want, we dive in. And I think for many of us, it's a little bit easier to apply some emotional intelligence um, to business and other areas of life. But when it comes to women, we get a little crazy and we do some dumb things. And I, in particular, am guilty of that. And I still catch myself, at least I catch myself (laughs) doing it. But, um, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed is particularly in the day and age of being able to text and communicate, um, very quickly is I don't allow a gap for distance to create desire. So in other words, when I get, when I've found that particular woman that I was really interested in, man, I just wanted to see her all the time. I just wanted to connect with her all the time. My passion for connecting with her all the time was 
so strong that I wouldn't allow for some space to happen, which I now know women need in order to generate some of that curiosity. And I would overwhelm women with the amount of desire that I had for them. And sometimes I would say really dumb things like, oh my gosh, I can see us married or, oh my gosh, I can see us with kids or just (laughs) pushing the sex button a little too soon or whatever it may be. Um, as, in, as far as my communication, I lack the emotional intelligence to, to create some space, which women really need so that they don't get overwhelmed in their own mind based upon how the, their mind works versus how our brains as men work. And I would just overwhelm them. And I probably have blown several relationships by overwhelming them too soon with too much. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that your comment about, you know, when when guys are, are, you know, into something, they're all in. And I think it's a misunderstanding a lot of times that yeah. people have because they're like, oh, men are so aloof. They don't engage. They don't connect. And it's like, well, when they're ready, they, when they think this is it, they're in. That's right. And it's, it's kind of like if you ask some guy, you know, people are like, how do I get a guy to open up? I'm like, ask him about what he's passionate about. You'll wish you hadn't asked. <laughs> That is 1,000% accurate. In fact, that's that's my number one focus. So as a from a man's perspective, I aim at single professional women 28 to 38 um, because I do feel like many of them have not experienced the true essence of how men really work, and we do get the wrong labels placed upon us as being aloof or not caring or not being chivalrous. And um, I've created something called the Emotional Scales which within that training, it really the intent is to help women really understand that exactly what you just said, and that is when we are all in, you wish we hadn't pushed that button quite that fast because we will move mountains for you, particularly when it comes to women. And I want women to understand so that they, they play the equivalent role that, that opens up and receives that instead of rejects it because men today with such powerful and amazing men in this world, um, as women are stepping up and kicking butt in business and kicking butt in life, they get so overwhelmed by our presence and our passion that I think that men in general have shut down because we feel so vulnerable in those moments of passion, in those moments of wanting to pursue her, that the slightest little thing feels like rejection. and with such strong presence that the women have today, uh, they're doing a lot of things, not by fault and not on purpose, but when they're kicking butt in all areas of life and they get a little overwhelmed by our passion and our pursuit, we feel like we just got our, um, uh, we feel like we got neutered <laughs> yeah. every single time. And it's because we're so passionate. And, and instead of facing that rejection, instead of knowing how to handle that rejection, as men, we just shut down, and I think that's one of the major reasons why we aren't seeing men show up quite as much as we desire to, and yeah. it's a big problem today. Yeah, it's definitely definitely very prevalent in our culture. Well, let me ask you this, Devin. I'm, I'm going to ask you to kind of address a, a little different nuance than being tripped up, and what this is is a. would love to hear a story of a time when you had, I call it a duh moment, 
it's, it's one of those things where you're like, seriously, how have I missed this for so long? I can't <laughs> believe I've been doing this over and over. And tell us what happened. What was that, you know, what was that wake up moment? And then how were you able to take the wake up moment and turn it into a building block for your future partnerships? More than one specific story. Again, I think just being a man and being so passionate about women and looking at what I'm able to do now that really causes intrigue and really causes passion and desire as I'm dating or as I get more serious with someone who I'm considering a relationship with. Um, What I lacked in the past is the power of no as a man. And what I mean by that is when I did do the right things in the past and I did feel a strong connection with her, um, particularly with it when it comes to sex, sex happened too soon. And I think we all kind of understand the consequence of, of the potential idea of what happens if you have sex too soon. Um, but the way I look at it is this, and that, that is most of the time women are the ones saying no and, or, you know, maybe, maybe no kissing on the first date, or maybe let's slow it down a little bit, or, you know, I'm not ready to have sex yet. We typically are expecting the woman to do that. And the man's in full pursuit mode. And what, (laughs) what I've learned that I did not apply in the past that probably would have led to really successful relationships and diving deeper into a stronger connection with that woman that would have led to, to, to greater success. Um, for me, it, it is definitely the power of no. And I, and I don't want this, when I share this, I don't want it to be a tactic. This isn't, this should not be used as a, as a pickup tactic or a way to falsely get somebody to get more excited about me or lead to sex. But I can tell you in all the speaking that I've done in front of rooms of women, this particular analogy, and it's a simple one, really, truly gets them going, that's hot. And it's the idea that we're out uh, on a date, it's probably second, third, fourth date, you walk her to her car, when you walk her to the car, you grab her in your arms, slide your hand up behind her hair, you whisper in her ear, in her ear I want to kiss you right now, really bad, but not yet. And you kind of take your finger and you put it on her lips. You open up the car door and you put her in the car and let her go. Same idea when it comes to sex. However you feel, whatever is authentic to you in the presentation of that moment when it's leading to sex, it's the idea that you help her understand you're creating a safe environment because you care about the relationship by saying no first. And equally as important, women just are not used to hearing no from men. <laughs> and it really seems to turn them on in ways that they've never been turned on before. And I don't want to be this guy that's saying, had I known, I would have done that more. But had I just known in the moments where I cared about her and I didn't push those buttons as early as I did, I probably would have had much more successful relationships and longer term, more strong relationships. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a great story, Devin. And, and, and you know what, what 
stands out to me, and you, you, you used this term earlier on, you said um, that you're really passionate about women, and then you went on to tell a story about sex, which is most of the time that's the way it's interpreted. If a man says he's passionate <laughs> about women, it means he's horny. That's the, uh, right? the, the biology is pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the only thing men are passionate about women about. That's right. That's exactly right. We love their beauty. We love their their power, their brilliance, their creativity, all these different things that that word can be misconstrued so many ways like, oh, he just wants to get my pants. That's right. Yeah, and we can be passionate about all those things. In fact, regarding the emotional scales again, one of the biggest messages that I want women to understand is when it comes to your emotion and the idea that you frequent your emotions more than men do on a daily basis, as long as you don't try and pull us into that emotional back and forth, I'm super excited about this or I'm really sad about this, and you don't need us to validate that emotion, but yet we can just sit there and be man for you, be that rock, be that support system. We love sitting back and watching those emotions, and we actually don't uh, view it as frustrating or view it as um, uh, anything that would be causing us to to not like her. Uh, there's, there's just, just angst around women showing men their vulnerable sides because they feel like they're being needy or they feel like they're overwhelming him. And there are ways that those emotions can overwhelm the man, but the reality is as long as we don't need to get caught up in it, we can just be your rock for you and be that masculine presence. Man, we sit back and we just appreciate all of it. We love all the things you get excited about, whether it be something creative or something that you're passionate about or something that you get sad about. And we can just love and support you and be your hero in that. We want all of those moments. And you're right, it isn't just about sex. But that is such a driving force for us. It's all the more reason we need to learn the power of that no so we can see all those beautiful other things that they bring to the table for us as men. And fall in love with those things as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny because I, you just reminded me there. There's a study I read a while ago uh, where they they found that when a man is witnessing or, or hearing a woman talking about her passion, something she's really passionate about, and very like, I love doing this, or I love watching this, or I love the ballet, or whatever it is, he doesn't even have to really get it. Like she could be talking about something really, you know, cryptic to him. He's never heard of it. He doesn't even know what it is biologically there's actually a download of hormones that give him an overwhelming feeling of well-being that's right so he doesn't even have to make sense of what she's talking about and she's just like super passionate and charged up and excited about it and he's like wow that is cool <laughs> that is that is 100 percent accurate and the, i think the only differentiating factor that i've found that that causes the debates and or arguments in relationships no matter what it is that she's passionate about or upset about is when she says why don't you feel the same way yeah and that confuses us because we're like well i, I didn't know that's what i was supposed to do and i don't really feel the same way so just let me be your rock or let me love you for that passion that you have mm-hmm. and just allow for us to be there and be that presence and it is it's, it's simple, but it's so hard to not get caught up in that when they are getting so passionate. And in some ways, it's great to get caught up in it if we do. In other ways, it can lead to some pretty devastating conversations for a lot of people. Yeah, and, and I would add to that, I, I'm just reminded of a, a friend of mine, Julie, who is 
a self-proclaimed plant geek. She's been a <laughs> landscape designer. I mean, the woman can name every aspect, the genus, species, all that stuff of every plant she sees. And she literally, I mean, you can walk down the street with her and she's like, oh my gosh, that's a blah, 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 blah. And she goes off on all this stuff that I have no idea what it is. And she's just totally geeking out on it. And she'll catch herself and she'll look at you and go, uh, sorry, I'm such a dork. And I'm like, don't yeah. stop. That's the coolest yeah. thing. I don't have a clue what you're talking about because I thought that was a dandelion. But that's cool. That's amazing. And I bring this up because, ladies that are listening, I want you to know, don't think that makes you a dork. That actually makes you, like, amazing. We see that we're like, that is so incredible. <laughs> I don't have a clue what she's talking about. But it's still, there's something about that vibration, that energy that they bring when they do that, mm -hmm. that just makes men go, wow. You know, it, 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 that's exactly right, and and I think this is this is truth for both sexes, right? We mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. we're afraid of what we are because of the what we're afraid of how people would view us. And I, I was actually um, <clears throat> I challenged this kid that that actually is behind the camera when we're shooting a lot of my coaching programs. Uh, I shouldn't call him a kid; he's a, a great man. He's in his twenties, um, and he kind of grew up heavy. Right. And he was he was in his mind. He's that fat kid. But today he he's one of the best looking men ever. And so we're sitting there and I was asking him some questions. We were getting ready to shoot. And I realized I actually need to get him in front of the camera and just do a coaching session so people can watch this process unfold with someone. And he's really shy, really introverted because he's afraid of that, quote unquote, fat kid right inside. And I said, describe this fat kid. And he's like, oh my gosh, this, he loves the stars. He loves talking about ast astrology. He loves looking. And I, go, and I go, so why are you afraid to approach women? He goes, well, I, I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, why can't you talk about the stars? Why can't you talk about all that stuff? He goes, well, I've just, and I'm like, is that the fat kid talking? And he goes, yeah. I said, you, in your mind, the fat kid is bad. But I bet a lot of people loved how passionate that fat kid was. And you just happen to have this great body, but I think the world needs to see the in the fat kid on the inside and bring him out and bring that that character out that wasn't so concerned about what people thought at the time because you just had to be funny and jolly and you were who you were. And now that you have this out ex outward exterior, he's so caught up in looking perfect now that he that now that he isn't that fat kid anymore, that it's paralyzed that greatness that's within within him. And I'd say if you, even if you, sorry about that, I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, when it comes to the plants or when it comes to anything that you quote unquote are a dork about, embrace that instead of hiding it or, or even if you do call it that, just own it instead of it letting, letting it be a negative, own that fat kid or own that dork, own that nerdy side of you because that is what's going to attract the right people into the world, into your world. If you're putting on a false persona to other people, you're going to attract the wrong kind of people, which is why we end up in the wrong partnerships. But if I release that person into the world who is whatever I call myself, whatever fun character I bring to this world, whatever fun passion I bring to this world, that's going to pull in everybody who's going to love and adore you. And that's how you're going to find great partnerships. Yeah, no, that's it, very, very true. And you're right. It's it's the part that we hide that is oftentimes the most attractive. Um, it's, it's such a dichotomy that's going on in our brains. <laughs> uh, 
So, Devin, I, I, I would love to shift gears a little bit here. What I, what I want to do is move into something a little bit more present because we've been talking about past issues and things that have tripped us up. But what I'd love to know is a story of a, what I call your proudest moment in partnership. And maybe it's romantic, maybe it's family, maybe it's career, wherever it comes from. The thing I always notice about these moments is when I think about them, I can't help but smile. What's one of those for you? Wow. Um, I think in terms of recognizing my power in making choice and um, something that that <clears throat> really proved to me how to embrace the good and the bad comes from um, uh, I was engaged and in this engagement uh, the simplest story behind this is life really truly unfolded in unfortunate ways for her during our engagement and she kind of shut down she she ended up you know finding out that her mother's gonna die in you know 30 days and or less than 30 days and she's got to take her dad in that week for a triple bypass surgery and uh, she had two beautiful daughters that I adored and and the ex is trying to take those daughters away all this happened within a week in her world and she shut down and disappeared and I literally did not hear from her this was in November uh, and I did not hear from her until February and I had to go on a search for her, like, is she alive and all this other stuff. And as you can imagine, this is a pretty hefty roller coaster um, that I went on. Yeah. And once I found out she was alive, then, then it had to have been, of course, another guy that came into her life. Or maybe it was her ex or whatever. And I, I don't have any response from her. I'm trying to reach her. She's not writing back. I don't have any connection to her and zero responses. The only thing I found out as far as how she was alive was because of a neighbor that I finally found on Facebook. Thank God for Facebook. And the reason why this was such a proud moment for me, even though this was an excruciating moment for me, was I had done so much work in my 20s on personal growth and personal development. I had really believed and bought into the idea that good and bad is a characteristic that we place on moments. And if I want the things around me to change, I have to change the way I'm looking at those things, which I heard first from Dr. Wayne Dyer. And in this pain, instead of suppressing it, instead of hiding from it, instead of running from it, every time I had a different experience of what if it is somebody else? What if it is another man? What if she is cheating? What if she is whatever? Instead of running from it, instead of blocking it off, instead of getting completely angry, if I did feel angry about it, I would experience that anger. And why it was my proudest moment is because I really realized that the work I did for so many years was paying off in a way that allowed for me to stand true to myself, stand true in the ups and downs of this relationship. And finally, when she called and she expressed to me why she ran. I, I wasn't mad at her. I wasn't angry with her. I had a real conversation with her. She expressed her pain and her frustration, and I could still love her in that moment and be there for her because she's still in pain, even though it was several months later, as you can imagine. 
And yet when it came to missing her, when it came to the idea that I would love to still be with her, I was able to stand in my own strength and have a real conversation with her when she said, can we try this again? And what I realized through this entire experience was I needed someone. And this is what I shared with her. I said, listen, I, 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 I love you. I care about you. I can't even imagine what you've been through. I mean, I, granted, I, I, I can a little bit because I've been there and lost a parent and everything else. But I said, I said, I, what I really need from the woman that I'm going to be in love with is that I'm the first person that she runs to, not the last. And for you, that wasn't me. And I could stand in my truth while still loving her. I could stand in my truth of how tough that conversation was, how tough that journey was, I could be true to my emotions, not feel completely devastated, but embrace the pain, embrace the anger and everything else, and come out so strong that it plays a role in absolute clarity in every relationship that I have, including friendships, including with my family, including how life unfolds, the ebb and flows of life in general. I no longer get caught up in them, and I just get to experience them, embrace my emotions around them, and see the light even in the darkest moments. And for me, that is what makes my journey in life so powerful. And I, and I work every day with people to get them into that space so that they can just love life and love the bad as much as the good. And if we can come from that space, I think not only will our relationships change, but this world can change. Yeah, that, that that's a really powerful story, Devin. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do this because we're actually at a part in the show here, Devin, where I call it bring it all home. So what we're doing is we're <laughs> going to step away from the stories and I'm going to ask you for some simple, concrete guidance that our guide, our listeners can you know, take away from this and, and actually apply in their partnerships right now. Where I want to start is what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice that you have ever received from someone else? Hmm. Uh, I, I, I think, I think the best that I've heard is probably one of the more controversial that I've heard. And it has to do with sustaining desire in the relationship versus falling into the trap of the mediocre and mundane. And it comes from a friend of mine who, um, he's, he's a world renowned coach and works in, 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 you know, with very, very, very successful people around the world. And, and he's seen his clients and his people deal with relationship issues and he's worked with them around that. And he's been through it himself as well. And, uh, um, <laughs> trying to figure out how to say this because it's a it's a longer conversation I don't want to stir up drama but I but I hope everybody just kind of receives the idea of it um <clears throat> desire is created by distance and so many people are looking for their best friend instead of truly understanding what it means to have a romantic and loving and deep and intimate partnership with someone And there's a lot of people out there that say that men in general, when they get into relationships, need to turn it for a a happy marriage, become the yes man. 
And I'm not sold on the idea that the yes man leads to happy marriages because what yes man or yes, yes ma'am, excuse me, um, leads to is a man who's lost his strength and she is no longer attracted to that man. One of the analogies that uh, he used was when, when, when you're dating this gentleman and you fall in love with him because here's this guy who every Sunday he goes golfing with his buddies. And he goes golfing with his buddies every Sunday. And when you're dating him, man, that is so attractive and it's so great. And it's really an opportunity for me as, as the girl to, to, as the woman, to go out with my girlfriends. And we get to go do brunch while he's golfing. And then we get back together that Sunday evening. And, and we get to talk about the, the day and the experience. And it creates that spark. It creates that conversation. And you get engaged. About six months into the engagement or four months into the engagement, you got to write the save the date cards. And he wakes up and it's Sunday morning. He says, "Babe, I'm going golfing." He's all excited and his buddies are waiting for him. And she's like, "What? Wait, what do you mean? You're going golfing?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, yeah, that's what I've done for five years before I met you and the three years we've been together. And I thought you loved that about me." And she goes, "Well, I do, but..." We're going to write these invitations. And it's in this moment. It's also in how you handle it. But it's in this moment that you either stand in your strength as a man and at the same time she loves you for it if you do it the right way. It's not about, it's not about being a jerk. It's about looking at her and saying, baby, I know how important these invitations are. They're very important to me. You're very important to me. But what also is very important to me is my relationship with my friends. So I'm going to go golfing, and when we come back, we can put on your favorite movie, and we're going to work on these invitations together, and you know what? If we don't finish them by the time you need to go to bed, you go to bed, and I'll take care of the rest of them, and we will get this done tonight, but I have to go golfing with my buddies. And she may still be a little mad, and we've got to be okay with the fact that she's going to be mad for a couple days, but what I can guarantee you is it's going to keep her in that space of maintaining interest and understanding that she loves the distance as much as she loves you because in those moments of distance and in the moments of strength where he gets to stand in his strength, in spite of wanting to be a pleaser, in spite of wanting to avoid the arguments, she turns around and she embraces that with him. And it's the craziest thing when I've worked with couples when they get to this point, in spite of the frustration around it, not arguing, but knowing how to communicate it well around this topic, it leads to sustaining and maintaining the desire in ways that you can't get from any other type of relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, you might call it controversial, but I would say it's still very valuable, that piece of advice. So, Devin, I'm wondering what would you say is the book or the resource that, that you would recommend to our listeners about relationships and partnerships and why that particular one? You know, <clears throat> I think one of the most powerful while in relationship and or beforehand for the, for the success of relationship is one that we've all heard, but I think it needs to be truly digested um, and not just looking for the me out of it. In other words, what am I in terms of 
how does this apply to me, but how does this apply to all relationships regarding communication? And it's, again, one that we've all heard, which is the, the five love languages. And the reason why I think that's so important is going back to one of my first comments, which is know thyself, but also know how others relate to you and what you really need to be looking for. So if I'm in a relationship, it's all around depth of communication and understanding how I need to communicate to that person. If I'm dating, why it's important is while dating, it's kind of like ordering from a menu. I get to really understand what kind of partnerships I am best fitted for. Who is best fitted for me in terms of love and communication? How do we communicate? How can we find that partner that really fulfills and fits me and what I need and my personality? And I think when it comes to dating and communication around love and topics of love, it's simple, but super powerful if you just look at it from every angle in terms of relationships and you go out and you apply it for those that are dating and not quite in relationships, take it out and apply it to other people. See how it applies regarding communication and how people need you to communicate on a deeper level with them and connect with them on a deeper level. If you're in sales, if you're talking to your family, if you're talking to your friends, if you've got girlfriends that are friends or you've got guy friends that are friends of yours, the opposite sex, how can I practice this? So that when I am in relationship, I really understand what it is I need from that partner in terms of feeling loved and how they need that in return. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely tremendous, tremendous resource. And I, I would, if I had to guess, it's probably the most recommended book on the show is, is the five love languages. Just a <laughs> tremendous, tremendous resource yeah. on all types of, of relationships and partnerships. Mm-hmm. Well, Devin, I, I think it's pretty clear to everybody listening that you and I can talk about this for the next three weeks. And okay. there's a lot that you have to share. And I'd love for our listeners to know how can they get more from you? How can they contact you and learn more about what you're doing? The simplest would be uh, heading over to my website, which is Devin Kearns, D-E-V-O-N-K-E-R-N-S dot rocks. And yes, that's a real thing. It's Devin Kearns dot rocks for the dating rock star or the rock star dating and love. Um, and it is R-O-C-K-S instead of .com. And that's probably the easiest resource. If you've got questions for me, you can click on the Ask Devin section and ask me any question that you have. Uh, you can check out my Finally Understanding Men's course. We're putting up other courses that will help people that are particularly in the dating space right now really go out and have success in dating. And we're going to be launching a new brand. So stay tuned and keep in touch with me so that we can share that new brand with you that's really going to be a super powerful tool that's going to help you go out there and have success in dating, in relationships without having to think about it. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you. And for everybody listening, if you're a regular listener, you know this, we go to speakingofpartnership.com. If you didn't get all that jotted down right now, you're probably doing something other than just listening to the podcast. Just go to the website. You'll put in Devin's name. You'll go straight to his show page. And we'll have all those links there. So it's just one click and you're straight in contact with it. Well, Devin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Great stories, great insights. It's been so much fun. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. It was an honor and thank you. You're welcome.
Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.